What is a good way to get started in FPV if I don't know what I'm doing? FPV is just one of those things that uh, I think it's just inevitable that, especially in the beginning, you're going to end up crashing a lot. All right, welcome to Your Drone Questions Answered. We have with us Dusty Jolly, one of Drone Launch Academy's own. Dusty is our uh, community manager for Drone Launch Connect. Glad to have you on the show, Dusty. Uh, thanks for being here. Yep, glad to, glad to be here, David. Thanks for having me. Today we're talking about FPV. The question we're answering is, what is a good way to get started in FPV if I don't know what I'm doing? What you would do if you're just starting out, like how to build one, what to buy, what's like the the best, cheapest, uh, like entry level way to get into FPV? Because I got to be honest with you, I don't know a ton about FPV. I know like the DJI Avada has come out recently. Mm -hmm. The DJI DJI has another FPV drone. Those are like right out of the box um, options. But as far as if you were just going to build something of your own, like true uh, FPV, hit us with how you would do that. Like, what do you need? The first thing to do would be to go out and get a remote that would work with the simulator that you can download and use on your computer. And I think that's always the easiest way to kind of get your uh, your feet wet to understand what it feels like to fly an FPV drone without actually uh, having to make the initial investment to go ahead and buy one and then realize that you don't like it. Or also, uh, it helps to get out and to, to learn to fly these things on a simulator before you go out and fly one. Um, in real time because you will end up crashing them uh, the fpv is just one of those things that uh, i think it's just inevitable that especially in the beginning you're going to end up crashing a lot just some hard landings but especially when you even when you get a little bit more advanced you're going to want to try to maybe push yourself a little bit more uh you get a little bit more confident and you're going to end up hitting some, probably some obstacles that that you didn't necessarily plan on um so first thing on the remote control i would just you know, you can go the cheapest route and just buy one just to use on the simulator. What I would recommend doing is actually getting one that you're you're considering using if you are going to go ahead and, and build or buy a, an actual FPV drone. So, um, you know, of course, DJI has a uh, big stake in the FPV world. They were the ones that first brought digital um, to the FPV world. Before that, it was all analog. So when you were looking through your goggles, you were looking through more of like a security cam feed versus like a true digital uh, experience with what you get now with uh, companies like DJI, uh, Walk Snell, and there's a couple of others that are starting to come out. Um, so that being said, you know, I'd recommend for anyone that's just getting started off and not too confident as far as the, the soldering goes and doesn't want to, they want something that's going to be pretty user-friendly is to start off with the DJI FPV remote. And you know how much that costs? Yeah, I think for probably 200 250 bucks, uh, you should be able to buy one. Okay. But this is, you can see this, the, the original yep. FPV remote that came out uh, before DJI had released any of their FPV drones. I really like this okay. one a lot. Um, it's one that I would recommend uh, to anybody. And the good thing about that as well is I'm pretty sure, I'm not 100% positive with the Avada and the DJI FPV drone if this remote binds they do have that new remote uh that's out that came out with the FPV drone and that will work with the um with the simulators and everything as well if you're not gonna use a DJI controller what's like another controller that you can use a non-DJI one sure so you can use there's 
probably hundreds of different controllers that you can use when you get out there. Um, the one thing to keep in mind is um, a lot of like your receivers that you're going to be putting onto these FPV drones that you're going to be building. Um, typically, they are already have the capability to bind almost automatically without having to do any extra soldering or wiring uh, to the to the transmitter uh, to get the two to work to bond. They just bind really easy, and that's one of the other um, benefits of having the DJI FPV remote. So a lot of people, though, they get into it, want to change up the remote. They just like the different designs, but also you can start adding different receivers uh, that can give you a little bit more range and penetration than what you're going to get out of the box with the DJI setup. Um, so the other remote that I use is I've got a Tango 2. It's a TBS Tango 2. It's more of like a video game style controller. Um, you know, I really do like this one. I still, I still use them both. I have different drones uh, that are wired up to the different or bound to the different transmitters really just to all, make sure that I always have one as a backup. Um, but it is a little bit more, more work as far as when you're building one to, to put an additional receiver in there. There's some other configurations uh, when you go into more of kind of like the programming side of the drone that you have to, to do a couple of things, but it's not anything too complicated. It's one of those things that you can YouTube and probably find a hundred different answers. Besides controllers, what, um, you know, like how would you go about first building one? Like what are the give list off all the sure. components that you would need to buy? Sure. Um, so yeah, so DJI has now come out with the, the FPV drone. Um, you know, I think it was their first entry point into the FP world, FPV world to get people uh, a little bit of a taste of it uh, that weren't really, you know, weren't experienced in doing it, but wanted to get in without having to build. Uh, the thing is that came out pretty pricey. And I know that from what I've heard that the repairs on those things are extremely expensive as well. Um, so now, you know, enter the Avada, which I know a lot of people that have, have gotten the Avada as their first FPV drone. Um, you know, I think it's, it's moving better in the direction as far as getting into FPV. Um, they seem to be a little bit more durable and also make it a little bit easier for pilots that are just now getting into it. But um, that being said, it seems so the Avada is what you call a cine whoop and it's what it's got ducted propellers and it's made for typically just more slow cinematic flying, uh, whether you're going to fly indoors or outdoors, but it's just not really anything crazy, but it, it does give you the FPV experience, um, you know, in, in kind of a smooth cinematic way. So this right here is the first one that I built. Uh, it's been changed up as it's been crashed multiple times over the years, but uh, the basic components that you need for one and uh, you'll find when you get out there and look is the first thing you want to do is decide on a frame. The frame, just describe it. It's just like the X shaped sure. underneath part, right? That connects everything. Yep. It's just basically like the skeleton that holds everything together uh, is what it is. And yep. they come in, they come in different configurations. This one right here is called a Shindrone squirt. Um, and that's really just the frame design, how everything kind of mounts up and uh, marries together into the drone. So, you know, when you buy that, typically what you're getting is the carbon fiber frame, uh, all the hardware, whether it be the standoff, which are just little things that kind of separate the two frames from each other, um, you know, and then some of the screws. The one thing to make sure before you go out and you buy a frame is that you know exactly what kind of which transmitter you're thinking about using. Um, and then also with the flight controllers, a lot of times, depending on the frame, you might pick a different flight controller 
uh, if it's going to be like a tight fit. Uh, usually I think those are like 20 by 20 mounting patterns or like a 30 by 30 millimeter. And that's just kind of talking about the, you know, the distance between the mounting holes there. So, so you got first start off with a controller, mm -hmm. um, that way you can practice simulations, making sure you know how to fly. You're not going to crash, uh, as much. Uh, then when you're ready to go fly, you have your controller, then you go buy your frame. Uh, then you have a flight controller that you would include in there. Uh, a receiver the receiver in this one right here i'm not sure if you can see you're all typically you're going to have for the people that want to go digital which i would highly recommend in today's world just get the analog thing and go straight to digital i think it's going to be um, okay so you've got companies like cadix vista which makes these uh transmitters which are going to be what connects to the camera that displays the image that you're going to be seeing into the goggles um the cool yep. thing is, and this is where it gets a little bit tricky, is they also work as the receivers as far as taking in the signal that you're giving from the inputs on the remote control. So it's receiving the remote control signal and then transmitting the video back to the Correct. That's exactly it. Yep. Uh, so that is one of the benefits when we go back to the, the DJI remote. Whenever you get this, uh, you know, you get your transmitter put in there or your, you know, they're called the Cadex Vista or the air unit, but whatever's going to be your digital camera system. And they, they will automatically bind up to the DJI remote, um, you know, okay. so moving one step forward, you know, if you want to use a different remote, you have to get a diff different separate receiver. Um, you know, I think it's typically like four or five different soldering, uh, joints that you have to do additionally, but, okay. but it does give you the, uh, you know, the capability to use a different remote for whatever reason you might want to. At what point do you, are you slapping motors on this thing and propellers and yeah connecting those so the first thing is that you're going to want to do is actually put the motors on first typically okay so motors will vary in size as far as width or diameter and in height and so the various and when you go and look at a frame it will tell you what motor sizes a lot of times there's a range in there of what it would recommend so you want to make sure that your motors are going to fit the frame that you're getting so go in you know you get your frame set up get your pieces laid out and then the first thing that you want to do is go ahead and just get your motors connected to the frame and go ahead and screw those in. Then at that point, you've got three wires coming off of every motor towards the center of the frame that are going to be ultimately wired to the, the, the electronic speed controller is what they're going to be wired okay. to first. Is the electronic speed controller, is that different than the flight controller? Well, so now it's, so uh, it, yes and no. Um, a lot of guys in the way that it was tr traditionally done in the past is they used uh, electronic speed controllers for each individual motor. And they were something that they would put okay. on the arms of the frame and then wire that in between the flight controller. Um, now okay. what a lot of people have moved to, and I'm not really sure if I'm sure I've got one laying around, but it's using what's called a, a stack. So it's basically, it looks like two chips. Um, kind of like that one. That you, so this, I'm not sure if you can see, but this there's two pieces in here the one that the wires are soldered to right here that is my speed controller uh there's another piece okay. that is on top of that and they call it a stack is because they literally stack on top of each other um you can stack sometimes you can stack different brands but a lot of times i just bond together as a stack and so that stacks the flight controller and the electronic speed the speed controller um speed controller at the same same time sure and so they and what they do is the <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah the flight controller is going to uh 
plug into your video transmitter. It's going to be, so when you're sending, when it's sending or receiving the, uh, you know, the input from the remote, it is telling the flight mm-hmm. controller how to control this, the, I mean, how to control the speed controllers as far as how quick, which motors need to be spinning, which, which motors to fire up. Yep. yep. And so it, the, basically the flight controller is going to be the brains of the FPV drone. The speed controllers is what's going to be outputting the power, uh, that is being told to from the flight controller. I'm assuming you got batteries in there, right? Yeah. And that's where it gets to be really fun. What kind of batteries you use? So I, you know, this drone that I was showing you earlier, this is a four cell drone. I didn't want to jump when I was first getting into it. I didn't want to get too crazy and jump into the six cell world, (laughs) but I would advise anybody that's getting into it, just go ahead and just go straight for the success. Uh, This is a six S battery. Is that just size differences? Well, it's the amount of cells that actually are in the battery. So I do have a small 4S battery here so that you can see this is a 1.3, so a 1300 milliamp per hour battery. And this is, a, I think, 1100. So, but you can see there is a pretty significant size in the weight. Um, but typically you're going to get a lot more power output on a 6S battery. You know, it really is kind of a science when you get down to it as far as figuring out the components that you want to use. Then it gets into, um, you know, the size of the motors that you want to use. And then a lot of people, I don't take it this far. A lot of times I just go off of what I see being recommended or have talked to other pilots that have, that, you know, given me suggestions on things, but they really get into the weight of the battery, the, the type of the prop that you use versus the kind of motor that you use. You know, it's all about kind of the, the thrust to weight ratio. And uh, that's what is ultimately going to give you the longest flying time for each drone. Okay. And then what about the camera? What camera are you typically throwing on these guys? This one right here, this is the original DJI FPV cam. Uh, so this is connected and it comes in a kit with my DJI air unit transmitter here. So this is all just, uh, the camera plugs in to the air unit of the transmitter. And a lot of times those are just plug and play. Um, but I'll also use the Caddx, which gives you, so you can swap out the cameras on these depending on uh you know, what kind of resolution you're looking for, how much money you want to spend on this one right here. I have what's called the, the, uh, I think it's the Caddx Vista Polar antenna, antenna, uh, lens. And this actually, I think has a fixed aperture of it's pretty low. I want to say it's like 2.8 or something. So it's really good for flying at night or, uh, indoors. It really does. It's kind of amazing. I've been flying before outside and not realized that it was actually almost you know, pitch black that I can still see just perfectly through that thing. So, um, does that look like a GoPro? Is that not a GoPro attached to that thing? Yeah, this is, I do. I actually have, uh, that's the other thing that you're going to need if you want to start making really cinematic, uh, videos is this is the hero 10 bones. So this is actually the stripped down version. This one does not have a battery. So you actually have to power it from, uh, from the drone. Yeah. From the drone itself or from the drone battery. But it saves you a lot as far as the weight goes. Out of all the drones that you currently own right there that you've built, which one would be the easiest for someone who's new to build? What I've learned is the smaller the drone, uh, a lot of times smaller the wiring, solder joints and everything. So the smaller drone is typically harder to build. Um, Okay. I would highly recommend for a first build, building a three-inch Cine whoop. Is that not what you have there or is that something different? Yeah, that's this one. And I've got this rainbow one in the back. They're they're the three-inch. All right. 
All right, so you got the frame. You talked about that. How mm-hmm. much is that going to set someone back? I think the frame with the hardware, and that doesn't include, so the other thing that you're going to want to get is the 3D printed ducts and various accessories that go along with it. So typically yeah. uh, to get a frame with all the 3D printed components, the screws, everything that you need, you're going to spend anywhere probably 50 to $90 somewhere in there. And then you got the motors. How much are the motors going to be? The motors on these are actually fairly cheap for the three inch. Uh, I want to say that these were maybe 11 or $12 a piece. Oh, okay. That's not bad. And then you buy the props separately, I'm assuming? Props are always the good thing. Props, um, you know, you can buy a bunch of those because they're anywhere between a dollar uh, to three or $4 for a pack of four. Um, oh, okay. Brand yeah. So, so cheap again. Yeah. I stock up on these. The electronic speed controllers. How much are those on that thing? Or so, do you have the combo ones on those? So I've got the combo on these. This is the stack. But so you can actually on these smaller drones, you can use what's called an AIO or an all-in-one. And so that's where I've got one right here that's actually burn up. Um, this is a flight controller and speed controller all in one board. Um, so okay. a lot of times on your smaller drones, you'll see people using these. The downside to using these is if you do burn up like one speed controller... Um, you basically fry the whole thing. Yeah. And these right here are probably Mm. 80 or $90. So the benefit would be just if to have them separate, you can replace them separately. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a stack system on that. I do. Um, how much is that with, with the speed controllers and the flight controller? Probably between 60 to $120. They're making some now that have a lot of cool Bluetooth features that I don't see myself using, but, um, you know, but I've seen that they're getting pretty pricey depending on just kind of. Okay. What you want to do with it? How much is like the camera on that thing? What was it? Is that the that one had like a DJI camera on it? Yeah. So if you're getting the DJI, uh, I've actually moved away from those and going more towards the Caddx stuff, uh, which they're in some sort of a relationship with DJI. They work together on a lot of the a lot of these things. Um, so for the the air unit and the camera, you're going to spend uh, realistically about 130 to 160 dollars. What about your um? your GoPro Hero 10. Those are pretty cool. Yeah, so I've got a couple of those. Um, So yeah, they're, you know, if you're buying them new, they're $350 to $400. Okay, so they can, if you want to go GoPro style, those are a lot more expensive. Okay. Yeah. And then controller you said was like 200 bucks, 250 bucks? Yeah, 200 is probably a good range on controller. That transmitter receiver, was that built in with that air unit camera thing or was that a separate piece? So if you do want to go out and you want to get a different remote, you don't want to use the DJI and you have to buy separate receiver and antennas, that's going to add an additional cost, uh, probably um, 30 bucks for each drone that you build. Oh, and the battery, how much does the battery cost? Yeah. So the batteries, um, so with the six cell, so the six cell, these are going to run you anywhere from probably for a decent one. uh, That's going to last you. I want to say anywhere from, 18 to 25 dollars a piece something like that and how how much flight time you get out of those if you're just cruising and the 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 drones kind of tuned the way that it needs to be tuned everything's running good you know it's a good day if you're getting seven minutes out of one oh seven minutes so these things go quick yeah they go really fast okay Uh, typically you're going to average um between four to six minutes on these so that green the cine whoop three inch one if you're going to build this one right now uh, I think you could realistically do it probably between 350 and $400. And then what's the most expensive build you have out of your ones back there? This is my favorite one right here, but my most expensive one is actually probably this one. And this is the one that I fly. Um, it was the first. So this is a five inch frame. This is more of what they call a freestyle 
quad. Uh, this is the ones that can okay. go really fast and, and they're very nimble in the air. But, uh, and back to your question too, I think that these are easier to build. They're just because of soldering joints, the pads are a lot bigger, a lot more room to work with. Mm. Uh, and I, and I would think that it'd be good to maybe start with one of these, the things that these are a lot more powerful, uh, a lot faster, uh, the props are exposed. So you're going to typically crash these a lot more and they don't, you know, they, they hold up fairly well, but, um, yeah, you know, I've got a little bit more expensive of a stack in this one. I do have the DJI air unit and camera on this one. So this one, and I'm running the crossfire receiver, which works with this other remote, uh, that gives me a little bit more range, but, um, you know, probably on this one, this is probably closer to 420 something dollars altogether. So any of them are like three to 500 bucks if you're going to build one. Yep. And is that with the controller? No, no, that's separate of the controller. Is there anything you also want to add before before we wrap up? Yes. Uh, if you do want to get into FPV, you're going to need a set of goggles as well. And that's the other component. Oh, yeah. Goggles. Duh. Uh, yeah. So this is the original version one DJI goggles. Um, you know, I think you can buy these new now for probably around $400, $429. I think it was the last price I saw on them. They've got a new version out. Um, I don't even know if you can buy the V1s. The V2s, I think, are 429 now. Um, but they do, okay. they just released with the Avada. They came out with a new goggle. Um, you know, I, I'm not really sure of all the benefits. I know that it does have an OLED screen. It's supposed to be a lot smaller form factor wise and weight, uh, than these, but they're, okay. you know, they're probably going to be five to $600 for a digital goggle. That's about what you're going to spend. So three to $500 for the drone, 200 ish dollars for the controller. Let's say 500 bucks, give or take for the goggles. Sure. And then you're going to want to cover a few batteries. Not super expensive to maintain and replace stuff, but a little bit pricey to get in, maybe 1500 bucks to kind yeah. of get in at the beginning. And you can get it. I think you okay. can get in under $1,500 um, realistically. So any of you out there who are thinking about FPV drones, getting into it, refer back to this episode. We'll try to, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, we'll try to post a bunch of links and summary uh, below this video, or you can go to yourdronequestionsanswered.com. Maybe find this episode there or jump around on dronelaunchacademy.com. It's maybe there as well with a, uh, a post and a write-up with all this helpful info. So thank you, Dusty, for coming on uh, this episode, laying down some quick FPV knowledge for us. Thanks. And we'll see you on the next one.